Welcome to the 3.12, episode 3.12 of the Shutdown Fullcast. We are currently in the midst of the summer, but this is summer media days, which means that we have the Big 12 popping. We have the ACC on a low boil in the back. We have coaches saying stuff, going back and forth. We have actual meta content that we could be discussing this week, which is why it is important that we start with the most important issue of the day, and that is the return of BET Uncut. What that thing smelled like! <laughs> I watched that video so many times, and I never, en- I never actually enjoyed it, but God, I watched it a lot. Sure did watch it. Sure did watch it. BET Uncut, the return after years in the wilderness of the most controversial show on BET. Last episode aired July 8, 2006. And by the way, this is how you know it was a doomed franchise. It was hosted by Jermaine Dupree. Aw. Aw. Come Come on. on. I can't make make a joke about the man's house being repossessed. Wait, was was he married to Janet at the time? I don't, I, I don't remember how the I don't remember how the timeline syncs up there, but I can't imagine Janet Jackson would have been thrilled. Uh, well, BET Uncut did for me uh, hold, I think, the record for the most stunned I have been coming home drunk and watching TV. Yeah, yeah, because I never came home sober and watched BET Uncut. I always just rolled right into you know turning it on and going, forgetting that it was average BET thinking I was going to get censoring and then saying well somebody's made a drastic mistake that's a birth canal I just saw a birth canal on cable (laughs) if you watch the video for Ludacris's pussy popping that was the first time I turned on BET uncut and it was filmed here in Atlanta and it features a birth canal there's just a full on it's a really great explanation of how everything works down there and that's exactly what they showed on TV, and I thought it was, and I was so drunk when I turned it on that I thought, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm making that up. Yep, I'm seeing things. Nope. That, yeah, the title of that song, it's, it's, it's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. That also, BET Uncut, I think, probably met its peak when the creation of the video for Tip Drill happened. Mm-hmm. Which, Tip Drill now being, I think, most notable for the sheer number of Rayview Cannon jerseys in the video. Do you think Ray paid, paid for that product placement? Uh, Ray rented out his house for the video. Correct. Oh, so the, they they just showed up and they were like, "Oh shoot, we were supposed to bring Jersey shit." Yeah the uh, the the mansion that is being used and like splattered in fluids <laughs> for a solid like nine minutes mm-hmm. belongs to um, belonged at the time to a pro football cornerback slash Christian rapper. Ray Buchanan, of course, did drop a gospel rap album around the same time that uh, the butt crack swiping was happening. Man, that's got to be a hell of a VRBO listing. You can stay where the tip drill video was filmed. We haven't cleaned it. <laughs> a warning. There's all these old Baltimore Ravens jerseys all over the place. Just, uh, <laughs> just so you know, the Windex did nothing. That's exactly. The the actual credit card that Nelly used in the video, it's still here. It's, it's not good. It's not it's, good. It's, it was never good, really. It's, it's sealed in amber. Dust it for Prince. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't use a black light on any of this house. Oh God, Just no. any single part of this house. It, actually, I think if you did, it wouldn't even, it, it wouldn't even like register. Like it, the black light wouldn't even know what to make look it's, any different. It's all white. It's just, I it's think just, that yeah, means clean, just, right? All white means clean. 
good to go. It doesn't mean seminal fluid everywhere, right? Yeah, it couldn't possibly. Couldn't There's possibly. no way it could have gotten up on that side of the ceiling. No, it could be. It could be something more benign, like blood from a murder. That's that's true. Wow. Never know. Wow. See, can't, can't rule it out. Glad I just made that so much more. Oh, Miss New Booty was also on. on that's true. Cut. That was great. Yeah. Oh, so many it, fond memories of you know, just staying at home by yourself watching strange, <laughs> strange videos. Let's see, the best part was being married at the time and coming home drunk. I mean, like, honey, take a look at that. And your wife's like, I've married the wrong human. Look at this. This has all gone sideways. I'm learning about biology. Look at this. Can you do that? <laughs> Please, where's Lord? I'll do that. Go to bed. I'll buy you a Ray Buchanan jersey. <laughs> you might even find those videos erotic. Oh, can you see the segue? Uh, it's coming. It's ooh, coming. Ooh. The segue's coming. Wow, it is. is it? It sounds like it is. Yeah. Jeez. As erotic as Brett Bielema would find a kneel down at the goal line to beat Texas. I hope he I hope he petitions BET Uncut to like put that up. No, please. Like <laughs> Brett Bielema was single at the time. Do you not think that Brett Bielema does not have an encyclopedic Honestly, knowledge of BET Uncut? I'm shocked that we haven't discovered that he was, was in a BET Uncut video. That would not surprise me if you were just like, oh yeah. The waiter who comes in and starts slow grinding? That was Bielema. Slow. That was, that was very 20, slow. 26-year-old no, Bielema. He was extremely no, slow grinding. He was Bubba Sparks' stunt double. Oh, God. We just figured it out. Hmm. Done and done. Wow. That's where he was. Go back and look. They call him Mr. New Booty. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wrote Bubba a lovely letter, moving, and that's how he got the job. Not moving too fast. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, no. no. The, move, the moving, the emotions were moving slowly. Low that's, and slow and slow. That's how Bielema dances. That's what the tractor from uh, In the Mud mm-hmm. is for, for. You just get on that. Mm-hmm. You move very slowly from video to video. The thing that he found erotic was a kneel down on the goal line after pounding Texas for the better part of four quarters of football. I ask you. What is what is your moment of football erotica, Jason Kirk? Wow. Um. Well, like as far as personal fandom goes, I don't think there's anything that would rise to that level because, like, the only team I really care about is in the NFL. No, 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 no. no. That's more. That's more like. No, I, I'm talking the moment in any game where somebody pulls this move or this situation, and the hairs on the back of your neck rise. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I know the answer to this. Well, go, go ahead then, Rand. The onside kick when you're already up like four touchdowns. Just to be oh, so we're not talking about specific moments. No, no, no. no. From... Just just categories. Oh, okay. Just okay. like, oh yeah, we're we're beating the shit out of you, but we want to get a little live practice in here, so we're just gonna go and onside it, eat a dick. Yeah. Love it. Or the same thing applies to, like a fake punt. Any time where the gentlemanly sportsman-like thing to do would just be to kick it away, let the game go on, and you're like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. I hate you. I hate hate you. I hate you and your whole family. Yeah, I hate everything you stand for. Hope nothing but the bad things in life happen to you. Onside. Uh, If you want a specific answer, mine also involves Texas, and it's Texas losing to Jerry Neuheisel. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ooh. Man, that is some niche erotica right there. Which, which kind of, uh, in in pers- to put that in perspective, maybe should calm Brett Bielema down a little. Because yeah, you beat the shit out of Texas. Jerry Newheisel beat Texas too. 
I don't think nothing's going to calm Burt down. No. It, it, hey, Texas, <laughs> hey, just because you're not Texas's first time, it's still special. <laughs> I mean, listen, don't Texas, put, Texas is experienced, but that's okay. They've, they never, they had been that far before, but it didn't matter. Usually it was with BYU, so. <laughs> Which, don't tell anybody about that. <laughs> Every, everything BYU did to Texas was an honor code violation. I think Texas just gets better and better at this. <laughs> by by this point, Texas is great. Oh, Texas, you flexible. <laughs> Texas does this obscene sex act for the first time. I bet that's not true. <laughs> not so fast. I know that's what the title says, but come on. <laughs> I the the act of like there are some things in football that are just like some things in college football. Because by the way, like the the day that we had like online, a bunch of people arguing about like stuff that. That doesn't matter whatsoever. Some of which we'll talk about. Oh Jesus, do we have to? That's what that's what we do. Oh, yeah, we'll do we'll fuck. do a little bit of that. So we thought we would actually like take a breather, talk about the good things, talk about the things that sort of make you tingly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mine is the perfectly executed play action bomb downfield. Mm. Oh, oh! You like, mean the one where like the quarterback hesitates for just a second with his back to the field oh yeah like doesn't give a fuck. right right like, as oh, if to I, say no the running back definitely has the ball he yeah, definitely like, has it like let's see 2003 florida state clemson yeah chris wanky chris wanky pulls like such a great play action move that he actually standing in the end zone not looking isn't even concerned about clemson finding it and then he hits i think it's snoop menace he hits snoop menace for like a bomb like a 98 yard bomb Against this, that's Bobby Bowden going against his own son. Put it on you, put it on you, put it on you, son. You go, you come to dad. You know, you, you better, you better be ready. Better be ready, son. Uh, like that, or Joey Harrington, uh, Oregon, Colorado, and I think that was the Holiday Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joey Harrington throws this like dime off of a play action pass. Jeff Tedford was the offensive coordinator at the time and it just clicks. It's all so beautiful. Like the field just opens up. It looks like, and it all looks like some sort of horrible accident happening to the defense out of design. Oh, that's just beautiful for Alabama fans. That would be, I think Amari Cooper in let's see the 2000, is that the 2013 sec championship game when they run like nine times, 10 times in a row. And then immediately throw a bomb to Cooper, and he's open because Bama's been gashing them on the run. And then he's just there's nobody near him. Yeah, like, was, yeah, that was that was the one against Georgia where it was yeah, third was, or fourth quarter. Everyone's just like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me that 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 setup is probably what does it. Like when a team just runs like twelve times in a row, and it's like they they just don't care about balance at all right now. They're not, they're not doing like the like the, the the recommended offense thing where it's like you do both things just because they're doing what's working but you just know that that big play action stinger is coming I love that I love the front side sack by a defensive tackle I'm not talking mm. about the blind side hit that snaps the neck I am not talking about the front side hit although that's nice you beat the right tackle off as either an end or a linebacker and you completely plaster the quarterback, I mean, that's nice. But nothing to me is better than Star Lele had a great one of these news at Utah where you just destroy the guard or center and maul into the backfield. And it's like the unseen footage from Grizzly Man that you never got to see. That's you like, only- yeah, that's some Danny Shelton shit, too. 
Oh yeah, Danny Shelt was great at that. That's some Warren Sapp shit that mm-hmm. is that is straight out of the Indomitian Sioux playbook. Yeah. Oh, it's that's delightful. Oh, it is. It's great because there is no subtlety to it whatsoever. A man is destroyed. The quarterback has like the fear of God in his eyes and is just swallowed, like Unicron swallowing a planet, right? Just it's, oh, it's beautiful. Love you, Galactus. Love you, Galactus. <laughs> the cut, the cuddliest supervillain. Ryan, what, what, what say you? I already answered this question. How do you already How, forget? No, you got another one. Oh, Come I, get, on. what, I, I have another thing to pick that's erotic. Of course, Jesus. it's football. How that's... can there not be? I don't think I don't, Jason is not off the hook on this. Hmm. Okay, I like. I I really do enjoy when, like, dumbass fullback who has no role in the game. Other than other than to block and block well, randomly, and this only happens maybe once every five games. Just like leaks out onto the weak side, runs that like unintentional sort of uh, fl- co- combination, sort of flat that turns into a wheel route, and just nobody's catching him. And they're just like, God, d- God, they threw it to Jerry. Shit, he never he never gets the ball. Because Jerry, like Jerry from Parks and Rec, yes, is <laughs> the fullback <laughs> running with his unusually wide ass. They, down. Threw, they threw it to fullback Gergich. Shit, Larry, <laughs> Jerry, damn it! That's not that's maybe not erotic, but it is sort of like it is sort of tingly in a different way. All right, all right, I, I got I got one now. I got one now. Okay. It's when a screen gets completely sniffed <laughs> out, snuffed out. Like this real clever screen that maybe it worked last week, maybe it's worked a time or two uh, so far in this game. Uh, either the defensive end just realizes, hold up, hold up, they're, they're trying to play me, so he just backs up and gets all in the middle of where the ball's going. Or it's just that heat-seeking missile from the secondary coming in and just annihilating dude as soon as he catches the ball. That's that's just gorgeous to me because like screens, most of the time, it's, that's just easy money. That's just. You know, free three, four, five yards, low, you know, low risk. Maybe you break a big one. So to see a screen actually get destroyed and actually turn into a bad thing, that's pretty beautiful. Anytime I that's that's an example often of a safety recognizing a play. Anytime a safety absolutely demolishes a play single handedly, I just I blossom with joy. Anytime a safety sees what's happening three seconds before everyone else and ruins life for somebody. And I'm not just talking about them annihilating somebody. Like when somebody tries to get away with a bubble screen and they just blow through the block and intercept it. Oh, oh, that's active hooking in the household. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go one more. This is not on the field, but it's right off the field, and that is the rare instance where the coordinator starts screaming at the head coach, <laughs> and it doesn't happen often because it's go not supposed, because it's not supposed to happen. But holy shit. <laughs> When the coordinator just starts fucking screaming at the head coach, and the head coach is just like, I have to set the example. I can't punch him in the solar plexus. I really want to punch him in the solar plexus, but we're on television right now. Or just openly assaults them. Yeah, that's like, good that's, too. That That's really good as well. I'm very fond of the moment when the coordinator is caught clearly on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Yeah. There, There are two instances I can think of. One... A shot of David Cutcliffe when he was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee. And Eric Ainge was his quarterback. They flash up there. The game is on the line. It is shortly before 
Eric Ainge is about to throw a game-killing and season-killing interception against LSU. Love you, Eric. And uh, it's before, and they show up to the booth, Cutcliffe, and all of the color is drained from his face. Like he, I mean, he looks like a man about to die. Yeah. And you can tell that he does. He knows where the ball's going, and he knows what's going to happen, and he can do nothing about it. And he screams out, "Ball!" <laughs> and just Burr! and as the play happens, like he knows and he sees it, and he can't do anything about it. <laughs> it's so bad. The second is Dan is a young graduate assistant, Dan Mullen, in the back of the booth on the booth cam as Notre Dame runs out of clock. Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, Notre Dame, like, Bob Davey lost two games in, like, three like three games out of three games early in the season once he lost two of them on time management alone. That's not good shit. And yeah. now look at him. And now look at him. He's fine. But, yeah, there's a shot where, like, they don't have timeouts and the clock's running out and they can't get a playoff. And Dan Mullen is in the back and he looks like a man who's watching someone he loves be killed. This happens – this look you're describing also happens <clears throat> occasionally to the um, the interim staff that is left after the coach – head coach has left or been fired. And they're just sort of – and they you don't have that exciting – West Virginia moment where it's like, yeah, we're going to rally for this guy. We're just sort of like, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Everything's everything's bad. Everything's <laughs> sour. I was also a big fan of Jimbo Fisher like against Virginia when they lost to Virginia. Oh, they're out of timeout. Oh, yeah. Him just going to his knees and collapsing. Yeah. Like going get, to his hands. Get down there and start terraforming. Yeah. <laughs> oh. he, was, he was about to oxygenate Mars. And that's how Minecraft began. <laughs> Some, Jimbo needs to sue, man. I've I've seen that guy's house, Mr. Sure. Minecraft. Have you? Oh, oh, I thought you meant Jimbo's house. Yeah, yeah no, Jimbo and I. I, th- I thought you had some, <laughs> had some science to drop re Jimbo's house. Yeah. I mean, there are there are people in college football I think I could hang out with and be perfectly fine with. I don't know if Jimbo and I'd have much to talk about. We just have to go kill something. He might huh. be happy not talking though, right? I don't think so. Have you heard him talk? <laughs> yeah, I but I always interpret like. Jimbo Fisher's incredibly fast cadence as let's just get this over with. Let's just get just just hurry up. Let's get it all done. Let's get over that. I'm tired of human communication. Just like to get this over with as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. We also have another story to talk about. Oh, hey, who's who's Auburn's head coach, Jason? Oh, that'd be that'd be uh, Gus Malzahn. Oh, d- and does he have opinions about the depth of the SEC schedule this year? Uh, coach, year? coach Malzahn does have opinions about the Southeastern Conference. I think we would like to state beforehand, by the way, that we all believe in Auburn. Sure. Why wouldn't we? Absolutely. I don't, I don't know in regards to what, but absolutely. I think if there's one thing you can say about Auburn is that they find a coach who can lead them to success, and they, they ride that hand out, and they let him leave on his terms. It's true. They're, they're givers. They're a family. Yeah. They, they let things unfold naturally. <laughs> Every every coach has that do not resuscitate order. You know, it's a circle of life thing. <laughs> do you think Coach Chiswick's going to pull through? No, nope, pull the plug. Nope. Pull it. That's how nope. he'd want it. <laughs> That's nope. how he'd want it. That's what he told me in 2011. Nope. I'm not even I'm not even comatose, guys. I, pull the plug. I've seen Cuckoo's Nest. Just scroll. Get down to the end. Hurry up. Fast forward. Just smother him. Go. Go, 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 go. Pull over my first, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just how his voice sounds because he's all jaw. Keep going. 
His whole jaw. You need two pillows. It's a massive block. It's like yeah. So it's like it's like you're you're suffocating Chiswick while looking up. Like oh shit, Bama's got a new porch in front of the house. That's why Terry, that's why Terry Bowden got out of town. That's true. He's like so Terry. Have you updated your will? Out of there. He's a wily. He's a wily little chunklet. Smart man. I'll hide in Akron. No one will find me there. And they haven't. That's true. No. <laughs> Yet. Yet. The. Uh, he did have opinions, though, Malzahn, on the because right now you should know the SEC always manages to preempt. It's kind of this evil dick move that they do. They always manage when the ACC and the Big Twelve are having their media days. SEC runs all of their coaches through ESPN all at once for their it's car like, for their like car wash follow up media days during everybody else's media days. What a, what a thin fucking premise. To just shit all over other media days. Oh, it's a car wash. You're ESPN. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, it's the ice cream social. No, you're just being dicks. Just own it. It's basically the soup and brunch meals that you make out of SEC media days, right? Yeah. Oh, these ingredients are old. We'll hey. just call it brunch. Hey, we'll just ma- run it the next week. We're going to make chicken stock out of this, Hugh Freeze. It's going to be great. It is good that it, like, it gives coaches a chance to like walk back the bad opinions they had during media days. Like, <laughs> like, hey, Coach Saban, thanks for joining us. You said this whiny thing about the NFL draft. Um, do, do you want to explain why that wasn't whiny? And then he gets to say, well, oh, you know, it was the NFL Network. Uh, it was misinterpreted, blah, blah, blah. He gets to say all the things he should have said the first time around. And it's like they get a whole do-over on media days. It's a media days mulligan. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody gets to do this. And in his attempt to do this, Gus Malzahn. Uh, Gus Malzahn went ahead and introduced a bad opinion. <laughs> look, yeah, which, look, it's uh, not his fault he didn't get that bad opinion out the first time around. That's true. He's known for, um, you know, know, not not being fast enough, not getting, you know, not not getting called plays called quickly well, enough. Look, he left something in the playbook. He didn't want to tip his hand. Listen, gotta, ha- haters, get it out there. Listen, yeah. haters. I'm going to be a contrarian and just say that in the hurry up, Gus Malzahn media offense, he's just trying to get another play out there. That's true. He's just trying to show you something else you have to be worried about, right? But another but, another formation. But the but what he said was basically to the effect of well. It's harder for the SEC to succeed in the playoff format because we have to play in the SEC and not some baby town league like the ACC or the Big Ten. Yes, per per Travis Haney of ESPN. Hey, Trav. Auburn's Malzahn told me he thinks the SEC is at a disadvantage in the college football playoff because of the strength of the league. Others fresher for the playoff as a result. Do you know what this is? This is when you live with somebody who's not employed at the time. And maybe it's a partner. Maybe it's, you know, a roommate. And that person has responsibilities. Cleaning the house. Maybe taking care of children. And you decide to come home after a bad day at work. And you run your mouth to the effect of, Well, I'm the one at work all day busting my ass while you're just sitting around the house. And that's when you've stepped in it. Yeah, that's what that's what Gus Malzahn did. He came home and told you that you were just watching soaps, Big Twelve, ACC. Why don't you go out there and get a real job? While while Daddy's out there making the kill. Mm-hmm. While Daddy's out there losing the Outback Bowl. <laughs> Daddy's out there 
out there, out there going eight. Tech. Going, going out there and going eight and five. Outback Bowl said we had to put in overtime hours. You think I want to be there? Of course I'd rather be home with you watching Dr. Phil, but that ain't my life. I work three goddamn jobs, including one against Samford, just to put food on this table. I got to go on the road to Manhattan, Kansas, just to keep you happy, just to keep you oh, shopping well, at TJ okay, Maxx. That's a fair point now. Oh, well, yeah. All right. I mean, that yeah, that's, that, that's hazard pay. That's essentially charging somebody for coaching and animal husbandry. Because mm-hmm. I know what y'all do in Kansas, y'all, and it ain't natural. So this is what Gus Malzahn said. Um, and frankly, I don't even know if there's any point in discussing whether you uh, whether it's right or wrong. Because you're pretty much just going to decide whatever you believe. I-, I dare think it's possible that Gus Malzahn uh, may be making an excuse. And he may also be right at the same time. It's totally possible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like a, uh, it's probably kind of right, but it's not the kind of thing you say. There's like, there's no way for this to come across anywhere near, you know, the correct way. It's not going to do anything but galvanize Auburn fans to be more insular, as if that could be possible. But what like, I, what I like about the the SEC is so hard excuse is that it insulates you in theory from everything. You you lose nine games. SEC's hard as hell. Don't know what to tell you. You accidentally sell your car because you got drunk. Hey, all that <laughs> SEC dr- stress. Didn't know what I was doing. Too focused on next week. If I if I coached in a, a boom boom conference, would I would have been able to focus and not realize that I was listing the car on eBay? I'm sorry. Sheila. You you wreck your motorcycle with a volleyball player on mm-hmm. the back. Hey yeah. man, listen. I had to go to Alabama last year. I recruit year. in the SEC. The recruits don't come to me. I have to come to them on a motorcycle listen, with this listen, volleyball officer, blonde. Officer, I have to play Florida cross division every year. What do you have to do? <laughs> I like that. By the way, I like that you made him less miles. Like, like, like the drunk, <laughs> like the drunk or rec- drunk and or reckless driver is less miles. Like, yeah. well, of course I was going the wrong way down the road. I got to play Florida every year. <laughs> it rubs off at some point. Yeah, exactly. You're just going to become mediocre by association. Like there's going there's, to happen. Les Miles driving the wrong way on the highway. Either he does that all the time, or it's like the most unfathomable thing to him. Like either it's like this is an adventure, or it's like a just a horrifying concept. Or that Les Miles has never actually been on the other side of the road. That he's, he's only never... ever driven on the right side of the road, and that he's only made like like he's only made circles every time he's driven. Nope, I only make rights. Yeah, if you're like, hey, Les, wouldn't it be funny if we went into the other lane? Like it. Just, mm. just wouldn't even enter his mind as a possible concept. I didn't even know you could do that. I don't know where those people are going. Yeah, I don't even see them. <laughs> I don't even see them. I'm focused on going forward. What? You're crazy. There aren't any people over there. You could just make a U-turn. This what? Is, this isn't England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen European vacation, and it scared me off of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. There's no like if you look at Auburn's schedule. Okay, I mean it's hard. Like it's actually like it's a more difficult schedule. How you can even say that with a straight face, looking at the Pac-12, uh, it's difficult. I know it's hard. It's even more difficult in light of the massive, stinking bathroom wrecking turd that the entire SEC West laid in bowl season last year. You're welcome. SEC West, hey, SEC East, just hold holding down. it down. Just, just hold it down. Just worn the fuck out, man. Like John Henry. That's right. But yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, they beat up on each other. 
My favorite, by the way, as always, is the most what about me fan base. The most what about me fan base. Because we don't do simple, crude, vulgarian things like saying the dumbest fan base is here on Shutdown Fullcast. No, we're not going to do that. They're all pretty dumb. But in terms of the most conceited and or the fan base that's like most willing to grab the mic when somebody else grabs an award and or scream, what about me? It isn't fair whenever anything happens. Ohio State fans, as always, oh. having like having like the dullest, dumbest interjections, especially when they have a coach. Who started all this shit? Who started all who this? Who started, who <laughs> dropped the first record? God damn, you have the cool G rap of SEC shit talking. You did. Actually, he was more like he was more like the Tupac because he did the East Coast to West Coast thing, right? Then, like he And then he faked he, his own death. And then he faked <gasps> Wow. Damn. <laughs> Damn. If we pull up that shirt and Urban's got the thug life tattoo. <laughs> now nah, Shelly has it. Yeah. That's why you fuck <laughs> Jim Tressel, you fat motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it See, this is all part of the plan, right? Yeah. This is all part of the long arc of the plan. Urban beat Ohio State and humiliated them so that he could eventually get the job. My mind is blown. Yeah, and like for anyone um, who who thinks we're being unfair, this is all totally accurate. Urban Meyer invented this whole SEC holler and stuff. Like and it, it, it had its roots when Auburn got um, Auburn went undefeated and didn't make the title game, but it really took off when Urban Meyer took full advantage of it. He created this monster. 2006. Sure, they were close victories. They weren't impressive, but that SEC schedule, boy, it just that in the championship game, just pushing us forward. Take a look at who the Big Ten plays. You're going to put them in that title game? Okay, we'll play them. Sure, go ahead. Makes all those traps in Last Crusade look like cakewalk. Man. Oh, it's, uh, you, Ryan has fully melted my mainframe. <laughs> Gonna need a full replacement, new servers and everything. I'm beyond impressed. Uh, anything else for media days, by the way, that we need to uh, tackle before we move on to reader questions? Yeah, I, I got one thing. Okay. Um, so our friend Matt Repcheck is at Big Twelve Media Days this week, and he spotted a notable. Former college football coach, somebody who is uh, always on hand, uh, eager to explore new employment opportunities. Uh, Helpful man, we might say. He was either there for Big 12 Media Days or the Mary Kay convention that always overlaps Big 12 Media Days, uh, which helps a lot with every lipstick on a pig imagery we want to use for the Big 12's championship scenario. I'm talking about Houston Nuts. And what I want to know is, why do you guys think Houston Nutt was there, and was it for the Mary Kay convention? I'm going to say that he was under the impression that Mary Kay is a school in the maybe the CAA or the Southland. Mm, okay, yeah, like a William and Mary. He he got William and Mary screwed up. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Or it's yeah, looking for some contacts with this Mary Kay University. Here they're visionary people. They they if they to get the job done, they'll go door to door, just like I will. Mary Kay's nothing more but a coaching tree, really, if you think about it. And I want to it be is, part really of is. that coaching tree. I like their colors, the gentle pink. I think it's underrepresented in football. 
I got a lot of colors. I got a lot of colors. Plus, as a private organization, it can't be FOIA'd. I appreciate that as well. <laughs> Recruits like the colors these days. They got a lot of them. They're good at getting people on board. They're good at concealing their schemes. I also assume he was there for a job. That would be it. Continued networking and f- and flesh pressing. Here's what so. I hope he was doing. I mean, there are some Big 12 jobs that may be coming open soon. True. But I hope that he went to Big 12 Media Day so that he can go to all the other schools that are maybe thinking, look, we need to make a move, get into the Big 12. They're thinking about expansion. Let's not sit on this. That way he yeah. can go to those schools and say, hey, man, I know a guy. I'll get you into the party. Hey, listen, you hire me. I, I saw Charlie right. Strong just a week ago. I just, hey. I just greased these wheels. I'm not in the fraternity, but I am rushing in the fall. Either that or like he went there under the impression that when these, <clears throat> when these new schools join, they won't have a coach. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. hey, it's like, hey. it, it's like an when expansion When y'all had that expansion franchise in Connecticut, mm-hmm. hey, hey, who are you going to hire, huh? You need a winner. I did that cotton ball thing. Cotton ball. I took, I took Ole Miss to two. 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 Two New Year's Day bowls. 50 years. 50 years. Two, two New Year's Day bowls. Boise, Cotton, 50. Bo- Boise State. Papa's coming home. <laughs> I, I, built that, I built that program. He, you know what? He kind of did. <laughs> I, I went like I four mean, and seven there in like 1996. <clears throat> sir, five and six. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Five, sorry, 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 coach. Sorry, Champions. Coach. Don't undersell him by a whole game, sir. When y'all add them Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. out in, in USF Tampa, hey, listen, that's the school where I, I dropped in through the rafters looking for an interview. I've already done the reconnaissance. Pretty literally, actually. Perfect. Yeah, Who, that kind of happened. He kind of is Tampa Batman. Speaking of zombie <laughs> coaches who can't get work and anymore and just keep plugging dan hawkins champion this week by the oh, way oh jesus yeah change our change, change the national bird it's a bald hawk now yeah that's right because guess who led the united states team to a championship in the uh ifaf world is, cup of football do you think there is a coach or even a person who could lead the u.s to anything but a world championship in american football will must champ <laughs> no way the world would score zero points total yep, and america and, and we'd have would, neg- we'd have <clears throat> negative america 14 would, um, i don't know how we'd have negative points nah a point would dribble the right way or something sissy no. napal intramurals france <laughs> <laughs> exactly like france may not beat us but if it was like france del sud Oh shit! Yeah, then yeah, definitely. We, we wouldn't lose to France because remember they're on par with us. But like Montenegro could like waltz in and like beat us at home without throwing a pass. Yeah, they lost they're kind of the raging Cajuns of the world. The stage. point. The point is that Will Muschamp is a horrible head football coach. We That's lost to point. Morocco, y'all. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Got bad news, America. That offense that was, was just too spicy. That was a field hockey team. I don't even know. I don't even know what's going on. Oh, you know I can't. With, you know I can't handle turmeric. <laughs> oh yeah i bet will muschamp could even say turmeric so it's a brilliant defensive coach y'all good luck war eagle this year yeah the uh reader questions we should move to those let's do that for tonight because we have a number of them and i want to start with one of i'm start with one of mine an important case which is maybe not football related but we're going to make it that way joshua simmons at joshua simmons on twitter 
Question, does this sound like a cover-up to you guys, too? That would be a story about a spike in leprosy cases in Florida. And experts believe armadillos are behind it. Does that sound like a cover-up to you? Are we suggesting that the armadillos are doing the cover-up? I'm, I'm going to leave this open to interpretation. I doubt the armadillos are doing it because armadillos are, are very stupid. You could un- well, you, you could underestimate them and still be way overshooting their intelligence. I mean, they're in Florida, so how you know, comparatively, they're they're pretty smart. By the way, that's Florida has typically sees two to twelve cases of leprosy a year, and boy, you're going to sleep much more soundly knowing that. But thus far, there have been nine in 2015, and they think it is because the. The experts, you can hear my finger quotes around this, say that this is because of, quote, people coming into contact with armadillos, unquote. I mean, I feel like there's a lot about this subject I don't know, such as armadillos being carriers of leprosy, apparently. You know, I'm just going to say this, and I, I know we don't get political on this podcast, but if there's one major political figure in Florida who looks like an armadillo... It's Rick Scott, the governor. Hmm. Look him up. Mm-hmm. Well, if there's any man who's probably been spending a lot of time in the woods lately in order to get away from troubles in life and with his job, it's probably Jimbo Fisher. Oh, man. I thought you were definitely going to go Al Golden. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you see that starched white shirt? Jesus. Do you think Al Golden ever goes into the woods? Jesus. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a man who functions well outside of a paved path sort of environment that's he doesn't he does have he does al golden dresses like the man who stumbles upon dexter's crime scene like halfway through the season whoa what (laughs) yeah Yeah. he's he's a man uses a lot of gel in his hair has an enormous starched white shirt he's a house cat and much like much like that character al golden will not make it to the end of this season so congratulations boom dexter references we have (laughs) <laughs> thus, thus leading, by the way, to our conspiracy theory, next year's head coach of the University of Miami, Lane Kiffin. Oh. Yeah, he does have that sort of that psychopathic thing going on. And that, that um, sort of that tone. That, and Lane Kiffin is handsome in the way that a serial killer is handsome, where you're like, I don't think he's handsome, but <laughs> enough people do that they are lured in by his trap it's it's that sort of uncanny uncanny valley kind of untrack right where you're like I, no i i objectively don't think he's attractive but you know 10 to 15 women who haven't been found believed he was <laughs> yeah it's like you look at him and you're like I, I see what you're getting at right right i see why this might appeal to some people who don't have a good sense of safety some people who are no longer with us right I does, mean, he celeb- does he celebrate the minute he realizes that his victims are his victims right like like oh look it's a single person walking down a road in an isolated, unlit part of Miami at night. You just and you look, and his hands are already raised. Touchdown! Oh hey, <laughs> hey Tennessee, you need a ride? <laughs> oh, I'm going this way. What's that? Oh yeah, there's no cell phone service on this road. Weird, huh? Hey, look a well. Nothing bad will happen in the middle of the night to you. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we agree that this is definitely a cover up for Jimbo Fisher spending too much time in the woods. Bringing back armadillos, handing them to small children in Tallahassee as gifts, and then them contracting leprosy. So does he think that, like, well, found me some dillas. These will do some good around the campus. These will, 
These will occupy the students and keep them from, from raising hell. If I'm, gonna ban, if I'm gonna ban the students for bars, then what am I gonna do? I gotta give them something. I gotta, I gotta give replace, an armadillo. Gotta replace bars with armadillos. It's, it's, the, it's the only option I got. I don't so know. The only thing, only thing I can do, I'm gonna give them an armadillo, then I'm gonna take it. They can take care. That's how you teach them responsibility. You can't beat an armadillo. You can't, yeah. uh, you can't rob an armadillo. It's got nothing to rob. You take that armadillo home, you're, everybody's gonna take care of it. They're gonna love that armadillo. They're gonna learn responsibility. They're gonna come back and be a better football player, and they're gonna be a better NFL draft pick when they eventually go in the NFL draft and hornswoggle somebody out of at least one signing bonus. That's what I I'm here for that is what I'm here for the university for. Timbo gets, and they're gonna know some stuff about science. They're gonna know some stuff about zoology. Jimbo gets Dillo's paid. Jimbo's gonna get an armadillo. Like he's gonna get an armadillo drafted by the Buffalo Bills, man. Browns are gonna take him first round. They'll be like, listen, the mobility is suspect. He his tested hands, positive his for hands leprosy. Need work? Yeah, but you know, he played in that system. But he he's just hard nose, he's got thick skin. Hard nose, he's got thick skin. I know he, that armadillo is not all that mobile. He doesn't, I know that armadillo he doesn't walk off the field because he's too slow. The place I didn't, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's always on the field. He's always in the gym because he can't. You find can't a way get out. this kid out of the film room. Literally. <laughs> Literally. You, you'd need a gun. He's trapped. <laughs> or whatever. You need to call pest control to get this kid out of the weight room. Tell you what, this kid kept his nose clean too. No run ins with the law. Did get hit by a police car that was ruled to be not his <laughs> fault. There's no police report though. <laughs> of course not. It, it was uh, it was it was ruled it was ruled Tallahassee police. Yeah, TPD found no evidence. Fired three cops over it. Armadillo was named the sheriff. What a trash heap of a place. Just a garbage scow of a cultural node. <laughs> oh, so like, so like I said, I, I hope that everybody is fine. It's not leaving leprosy anymore, damn it. It's Hansen's disease. God, <laughs> CNN, you're terrible. Uh, question, Jason Kirk, you got one? Sure, 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 sure. Um, let's see. The first one comes to us from our friends at Our Daily Bears the world's greatest Baylor resource. Could Art Bryles get away with the crime? And if so, which? Um, the first, the, the simplest explanation here is yes, and any crime to which he would, like, personally confess, because the man, everything he says is so confusing that he could try and tell you in Bryles speak that, like, he kidnapped the president, and you'd be like, man, that sounds real cool. That's, that's just some real good <laughs> Texas wisdom you just dropped. Like like today, you, you if see the University of Texas trying to kidnap anybody these days, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know what he just said about kidnapping the president, but that's just a real cool Texas idiom for you know doing your job. Like like today, if I could read a briefly extended quote from him today at Big Twelve Media Days, he said, "Why do criminals get caught? Because all of a sudden, let's say I was a policeman, I get lucky and catch him walking out of a house. No, it's because I've studied him and I've watched his previous crimes. And guess what? He goes at ten fifteen at night. He parks his car two houses down and he calls a cell tower. And lo and behold, two weeks later, he's doing it again. We're watching his phone and we go catch him. You can't do the same thing over and over again, or you'll get stale and get beat." To me, that's the exciting part. Like I said, I've been doing it since 1979, and I feel like I'm a baby. I do. I feel like a little baby. And if I act up, take my blanket away. That's just good stuff, man. That's just good stuff about football. Or I don't know. Shit. I don't know if he. I don't know if he just confessed to something or or what. But I, I think, yeah, I think he's telling us that he's tapped Gary Patterson's phone. Yeah, or Basically. at least, or at least stolen Gary's car. Which you know. If if you can do that to a rival coach, that's the that's the ultimate in gamesmanship. You do that. You do that every time. That's like pillaging their fields. Hey, planting evidence is just you know farming success. I don't know what to tell you. You put it in the ground, conviction grows out of it. It's just is the it ultimate conviction. Play is it conviction something we want out of our children? 
believe That's in right. themselves? Multiple convictions. <laughs> Play with multiple convictions. That's right. Dang it. Art could get away with it. He could get away with it in Waco. I mean, think about it. If like Waco's pretty lenient anyway, as long as you're the right kind of person. As long as I you mean, don't get the federales involved. <laughs> well, you know what? You can get the federales involved if you're bikers. That's hey. Still, you still don't. I mean, really, you can start a full-on firefight. And you can literally do anything. David you want. Koresh had conviction. Tell you what. <laughs> There's a man who played with convictions. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm a bad do you person. Have, R- Ryan, you're a terrible human. Do you have a question? I do. Uh, this question, let's go with this. This is a sort of a combo question uh, from JD at Giuseppe Johnson. He asks, if Donald Trump wanted to be the head coach of a Power 5 team, which would be the best fit and why? The flip version <laughs> of that question comes from Matt Berry at Matt Berry 5 and he says, which coach is most likely to give out a rival's cell phone number at a press conference? Spencer, mm-hmm. I know you already have the perfect answer to the first question. Donald the Trump, most, Power 5 head coach. The most luxurious of universities with the most gold and the most famous people and the most the highest Q rating with the most luxurious possible uh, accommodations and accoutrement and surroundings just uh, with a tradition like no other and prices starting in the mid-eight billions. Um, and, and also if you kick this log, it's hollow because – there's actually no substance to it whatsoever anymore. Uh, and that would be Notre Dame. So congratulations, Trump. Sad, think- sad that fat, trashy Rosie O'Donnell can't appreciate a premium football program like By this the way, one. I, exactly. I kind of already feel like they had Donald Trump as their coach. Because Charlie Weiss, Charlie Weiss, if you listen to the way he talked, he talked a lot like Donald Decided Trump. Decided schematic advantage. Decided schematic advantage. A premium schematic advantage. A premium schematic advantage no, for, you know, only the most wealthy, the wealthiest of the wealthy alumni who want that premium these class build, experience. These buildings don't have a certificate of occupancy because the Department of Buildings doesn't appreciate good things. I don't do conferences. Conferences are full of losers and I don't associate with I losers. I don't do that. I don't do that. Why would I, why would I sully my brand? Yeah, so actually, I was going to say Trump, but you've already had Trump as your coach in Notre Dame. You're off the hook. Wow. Uh, so, and then who is the head coach most likely to pull a Donald Trump and give out a rival coach's cell phone number? There's no question here. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't give out his number or anything, but it is 813-418-9280. I think it's during his annual salary rundown. Like, he just gives out Nick Saban's phone number. <laughs> you call him and ask him. He'll tell you he's overpaid. He told me last week. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me read off my phone here. Hold on. He holds hey, up I, his, I got the text right here. He holds I, up his I'd learn how to text just to do this. Oh, holds up his flip phone. All right. Hold on. Siri. <laughs> Siri. Call Strimpy. There's also the matter of the person who might give it out on accident. Like, I feel like Spurrier would just give it out out of pure spite. But then there's the guy who might give it out on accident. Like like, uh, Tim Beckman or something? Tim Beckman. (laughs) I feel like somebody could just, like, Tim Beckman would be reading a statement, right? And the statement would have, like, the contact info written in there, and he just just wouldn't stop reading, right? He'd be like... He's reading the letterhead. Right, exactly. He's like, University of Illinois, Coach Tim Beckman. Thank you all for coming here for immediate release. <laughs> I like that Tim Beckman just became like Cookie Monster Anchorman. <laughs> He's the white Takimbe Matumbo, basically. <laughs> Lasagna. Of course he is. I've always said that. Lasagna. <laughs> Lasagna. 
Who wants to copulate with Tim Beckman? <laughs> Who wants to commit to <laughs> Illinois? No one? Okay, I'll leave. <laughs> this is an Applebee's in Indiana. Bye-bye. <laughs> there, there's also the possibility of Kirk Ferentz doing that and like no one even hearing because no one listens. No one's listened to a word Kirk, Kirk Ferentz has said for a good seven years. Jesus I mean, we Christ, ju- we make- he's just been reading social security numbers for years. <laughs> That's all the playbook is. Kirk Ferentz is bought and sold by North Korea. Oh, my yeah, we God. Make- we make jokes about different people being the Zodiac killer, but suspect number one, he pre- he's probably – go back and look. Look at those beady dead eyes. Go, go look in some old transcripts of Iowa press conferences. I bet he's confessed to I, it. I bet he's more of the BTK type where it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he just seemed like such a good neighbor. Little did we know that he was – Maiming people, people we knew in our community the whole time. Yeah, the, like the glowing thing that comes out li- later, like they always do whenever the killer's a white guy. Like the, it wasn't so bad. It's like parents. There's like twenty quotes. Like he was the most boring guy on our street, and we live on a really boring street. Wait, when's that gonna get old? By the way, when somebody's like, "Yeah, he just seems so boring and flat," I'm like, "Of course, he's a serial killer." Next time on Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> that should have been your clue, dummy. Yeah, like, oh my god, this man participated in the community and dressed up like a clown. I'm like, yeah, of course he killed people. One man went to multiple Outback Bowls, but his neighbors never suspected that he was a killer. They never, <laughs> they never knew he was responsible for the deaths of so many Iowa games. I had no idea he was the Iowa coach. If I'd known, I would have called the cops. Dude, stop stop singing that theme song. Yeah, was that the unsolved Stop, that's scaring the crap out of me. I'm picturing aliens. I'm sitting in the dark in my backyard. I am. No, I'm I'm looking around right now. I'll buy a pair of really dark open windows. I'm Robert Man. Tonight on Unsolved Mysteries, the Hawkeye Killer. (laughs) Hawkeye Killer. The scourge of Iowa City. <laughs> Three undefeated seasons walked into a restroom and were never seen again. <laughs> Remember when he was good a decade and a half ago? The Blind River Killer. God, oh, we've, we've really focused on serial killers a lot tonight. Ah, well, it's that time of the year. It's July 21st. Hooray, it's hot. Yeah, yay. Um, let's see, I think we have time for like two more questions. All right. Sure. I'm going to do, do a quick one. That's from Corbina Smith here. Wanted to know since uh, Ryan tweeted out final call for shutdown full cast questions and tagged Circuit City. <laughs> of course. A now defunct box. I'm sorry. Full. I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, uh, earlier we tagged the defunct Hulk Hogan. So <laughs> that's a gawker. I do like that the Circuit City account, um, it's, it, its profile right now, it's at Circuit City Inc. It says, Tiendas de la Ciudad Circuito. Estar atentos a los anuncios. Circuit City, just lo que necesitaba. Hashtag just lo que necesitaba. I think, and it's got 291 uh, followers. I think you found like a Spanish parody Circuit City account? It's possible. Maybe. It's, it's, last, possible. It's, it's last tweet was from like five days ago. And, and it's, it's like the, Brit- the British Open is the only reason I like that Scotland didn't leave Great Britain. So... So, Damn, uh, that's a hot take, Circuit City, Inc. I know. I think it's uh, legit. Corbina Smith, at Corbina Smith, uh, wants to know if we price match. We do not price match. Sorry. I mean, we do, because this is free. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it we'll, is. We'll match. We'll, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> have you been have you been putting this on your tax forms? Have you yeah, been declaring been this as income? Shit. Have you been borrowing against this podcast? You get a HELOC? Yeah, I've been. I got. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. <laughs> Good enough for Georgia. That's cool. <laughs> uh, any other questions, gentlemen? I think we got time for like one more. Okay, uh, I'll, we'll do this one from our good friend Dan Rubenstein because it made me sad. Uh, he wanted to know. Given, oh, that sounds good. Given your current sizes, how many different positions could you bulk up or lose weight to play? And what this led to in the SB Nation and uh, New York City offices was looking up my current height and weight and comparing it to NFL players of yesteryear. And I learned that I should be Ladanian Tomlinson, and I am not Ladanian Tomlinson. No, Ladanian Tomlinson was dense, like super dense. Spencer should be David Cobb. Which is about right. Uh, Yeah, and Dan should be a, I guess like a not very good cornerback who's had mono for a month. That's who he is. But but if you guys had to, in your current current states of being, bulk up or lose weight, what position could you play right now? Not necessarily well. Like not not necessarily tomorrow, but like no, no, a few no. months from you, now. You got a couple months to decide. Yeah, I'm just gonna like put on 30 pounds and you know be the saddest right guard in the world, or go the opposite direction and try to be I lean. Could, and I could give you some time at safety. I could return a punt or two. Okay. Okay, I'm H back. I could get up to H back or fullback. Okay. Because I'm I'm at about five eleven two twenty two right now. Mm-hmm. So I think I could easily gain twenty, get up to about two forty. And uh, I would be – I'd have a play and a half maybe in me of really – a hell of a play. Boy, it'd be, it'd, if you've ever wanted to see an ACL fly off <laughs> like a rubber band shut from the fingers of a fourth grader into the stands, that's what you would get to see. But I could probably bulk up to be a decent-sized fullback, H-back, that type. Additionally, I hope to run no more than three yards at a time. Yeah, I, I well, think, that's good. Like H back, you already got like you're like halfway to the line already, right? I think I am best suited to be tight end who always runs his route three yards short of the first down marker. No, you don't, dude. You know who you could have played for? You could have been one of those tight ends for Michigan that always ran like the oh waggle Oh my god! Out. Oh yeah, <laughs> Ryan. I feel like you could be every player on Kansas State. They're all exactly the same. That's size. That's true. Oh my god, dude. You could be like a cast off Gronkowski brother. You Shit. could be like a Gronk. You could be the Gronkowski bastard. Is it? Is you, it? You is could it be a pass to... rusher, wide receiver, anything. Oh my god! Is it too late to like retcon my life? Yeah, it's too late. Shit! Thanks, mom. The eighth Gronk. The worst, long lost Gronk. The worst Wu Tang album ever. <laughs> Straight from the eighth Gronkowski. 